are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Brian Peacock, come with you here once again on this Rapid React Monday episode following the 49ers 28-18 loss at Levi's Stadium to the Arizona Cardinals. And this is a low, I think this is going to be the low point of the 49ers season because this is the moment when you realize that the 49ers aren't going anywhere this year. That's that's what this season is, and I think it's pretty clear after this loss. And I'm going to get into all the reasons why. Got some takeaways, got a couple of game balls. Yes, surprisingly, I did find two players that were worthy of a game ball for the 49ers after this uh, loss, and uh, such a weird loss. I've got some odd stats I want to talk about, so we will get into all of the game notes from Sunday's loss momentarily. I do have to remind everybody to follow me on Twitter at BD Peacock. You can email the show, LockedOn49ers at Gmail. Nick is in Disneyland, so we're not going to do uh, Winkler on Tuesday. Our weekly Winkler will be on Friday this week. So Tuesday is going to be the mailbag episode. So, and I know you've got, I know you guys have all kinds of things you want to get off your chest and I know you all want to vent. So hit me with those on Twitter at BD Peacock or email locked on 49ers at Gmail. And we'll get into all that stuff on Tuesday. Just unload it all on me. I'm going to be your therapist this week because I know a lot of 49ers fans aren't feeling great about what they saw on Sunday. And I know more than a couple people are on Twitter, it's similar to after the Jimmy Garoppolo injury. And they're like, I can't listen to your podcast because right now it hurts too much and that's okay. I want all of you guys that feel that way to come here. We'll get through this together. Uh, the 49ers looking like a bad football team at one in four right now, maybe some reasons for optimism. We'll get into all that stuff today and tomorrow, but uh, Tuesday is going to be a mailbag episode. So event, get everything you need to off your chest. Hit me with that. And we'll talk about it on Tuesday. And apologies if I do sound a little stuffed up. I am a little sick, a little under the weather right now, but it's not going to stop me from doing these podcasts. No L's are going to stop me from doing this 49ers podcast daily. I'm here with you through the season. We're going to get through this. And uh, there's still a lot of stuff to watch, a lot of stuff to talk about. There's um, important pieces that are growing with the 49ers going forward as uh, this thing gets built in the Lynchahan or the Shanna Lynch. What did we decide on? I, I don't know. The Lynch and Shanahan era of the 49ers. Not all is going to be lost this season, but uh, if you were one of those holdovers, one of those people that were still like, you know what, CJ is going to lead us to the playoffs. Yeah, that I'm sorry, that's not happening. And for those of you that were still clinging to that thought, I think it might hurt a little bit more this loss on Sunday to the Cardinals, who are also not a very good football team. Let's start by hearing from head coach Kyle Shanahan about how he feels after this loss in week five. You know, it's frustrating. You know, last year was frustrating to start that way. And, you know, we, we don't like to lose. We put a, we put a lot of work into this. Um, every Sunday we come out very confident. We expect to win. Um, and we've come up short a number of times. Um, you know, it's, I told our team, you know, I know it's, you know, we, we would love to be 4-0 or, um, right now. And we're not. And 5-0. It's, it's um, something that is hard to deal with. But it's something that we all can. Um, we, we know why we lose each game. Um, each one's been a different reason, um, but we're not going to sit here and um, just start pointing fingers at each other and chasing a bunch of stuff. It's uh, you got to look into each game and what it is. And uh, this game, I thought, um, 
you know, I thought our guys fought hard and gave us a chance to win the game. Um, but when you have five turnovers, that's borderline impossible. Um, so we got to improve that stuff, and uh, we got to play a lot better. And when you're not there on all cylinders, um, when you make some mistakes like that, when you got a bunch of guys going in and out, um, it's very tough to win if you make those mistakes. And we got to eliminate those mistakes, and uh, that'll give us a much better chance. So you talked about a lot of things right there. We'll get into the turnovers, uh, and that's which was probably the the number one reason why the 49ers lost this game. And he also mentioned 2017 and about how it's not easier to lose now since you've gone through it in 2017. That's kind of what the question was that was posed to him, which is kind of a dumb question. It's like, oh, yeah, we we lost a bunch last year, so now it's super easy and fun to lose. Like that's that's not the way it's ever going to be. And obviously, the he's probably a lot more disappointed now and frustrated. And you can hear that in his voice because he thought the team was going to be much better this year. I don't know if he thought they were going to just be on fire to start the 2017 season, but I think that's maybe a slap in the face for Kyle Shanahan, for John Lynch, for everybody in the front office, for the players, and for a lot of the fans, is that maybe this team wasn't as talented coming into 2018 as they thought they were. And so now it's like, okay, now what are you looking for? we, We need to upgrade personnel still. You still need to go through free agency in the draft, hit that maybe harder than the 49ers have for the last two off seasons and come up with some big time players on both sides of the ball. Because right now the other teams are making plays and the 49ers are not. And he mentioned about uh, 90 plays to, to 40 or whatever it was. The 49ers ran more plays than they ever have ever in that game. And they dominated the clock and they still lost. And so turnovers, um, not making any plays on the defensive side of the ball. And we'll get into some more stats that really convey that message of how lopsided the game was to come away with the loss is kind of ridiculous. And so uh, that's where the 49ers are at right now. And you can tell Kyle Shanahan's frustrated and a little bit annoyed about how his team is playing. And you wonder what kind of changes can be made the rest of the way because they're undermanned severely after being run through these injuries. They're obviously missing their starting quarterback, which is huge. C.J. Beathard did not play nearly as well this week as he did last week, and he was only playing okay last week. So he was pretty much bad. And when you have a bad quarterback and you have to ask him to throw the ball 54 times, that's not a good recipe. And when Matt Breida went down, the 49ers really didn't have an answer offensively. They already weren't throwing the ball well with Jimmy Garoppolo in the game uh, last week. looked like it was kind of more of the same with C.J. Beathard in there and then taking even another step back this week, a bad passing team throwing the ball 55 times. Uh, just, uh, just a terrible recipe, just a weird football game and an ugly football game. And I mentioned those pass attempts from C.J. Beathard, looking at his numbers, he was 34 of 54, uh, two touchdowns, two interceptions, 349 yards. You think, oh man, he was lighting it up. And it, it really wasn't that way at all. It was only six and a half yards per attempt and 49 of those yards taken back from four sacks. And, you know, obviously the turnovers as well, losing the ball and some of those sacks, uh, just not a great effort by CJ Beathard holding the ball way too long. And really on that topic, Kyle Shanahan addressed some of those, especially the strip sacks of CJ Beathard. Uh, yes, again, I mean, I'll look into it again, but I mean, I think CJ knows and, you know, whether you're blocking well, whether people are open, um, you know, all those things are tough things for a quarterback, but the bottom line is you can't lose the ball. Um, wh- whether you get hit, um, whether someone's not open, sometimes you need to get rid of it. Sometimes you need to take sacks. Um, but the worst case scenario, we plan on ending that series with the ball in our hand. And uh, that's something he's got to do a better job of. 
And it's not only just losing the ball because you got hit, but just stepping up in the pocket a little bit. Just that pocket awareness to know, look, I've been standing here for six seconds. Uh, I I could probably step up in the pocket a little bit, feel some pressure around you. So uh, just all those things. And I want to watch the All-22 tape just to see how often guys were open and if C.J. Beathard wasn't pulling the trigger quick enough on some of those because there had to be some plays when, I mean, the wide receivers couldn't have been that bad these are NFL football players, some of them playing for the first time like Richie James, uh, coming off suspension like Bolden, who hasn't gotten that much NFL playing time. But Pierre Garçon in there, uh, a couple of drops from him. Just, I, I really wonder if there was just guys not open or he wasn't finding them at the right time. I don't know. Find your check down. You, you do something. You can't stand in the pocket in the NFL for six seconds and expect something good to happen. And when good things do usually happen for quarterbacks who make extend plays and make plays happen, they're moving around in the pocket and they're they're rolling out and keeping their eyes down the field and making a play. He's just kind of hanging out there. Um, so internal clock, there's some problems there with C.J. Beathard. And, and Kyle Shanahan had talked about one of the things he liked about C.J. Beathard was that he's got a quick processor and he makes quick mental decisions. And I've never seen that from him. I didn't see that from him in college. I mean, he wasn't a gunslinger in college. They threw the ball like 12 times a game at Iowa. It was a run-first offense. And he didn't really show that last year either. So um, I'm not so sure if he has that quick mental processing in him. He He's held the ball entirely too long for most of his 49ers career and his best quarterbacking was done last week, probably. And that was still very mediocre. So the 49ers are, aren't going to win a bunch of games with CJ Beathard at quarterback. I think that's pretty clear. They don't have a lot of talent around him to elevate him, pick him up and help him win games as we saw last week, even when he's playing all right. So, um, yeah, that's where we're at with the 49ers right now. I got to get on to some other takeaways from this game and give out some game balls and stuff coming up. I would like to let you all know about, my bookie. If you bet on the Cardinals, you probably made some money with my bookie. And obviously, I don't know who's going to win. I picked the Niners. But if you think you know who's going to win, check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people about my bookie. They have been in the business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is super easy to use. So lay down some cash and win big today. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer and visit MyBookie today online. That's MyBookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use promo code Locked on when creating your account to claim the bonus. My bookie will match your first deposit 100% up to $1,000. With my bookie, you play, you win, you get paid. So Josh Rosen, rookie quarterback, you know, obviously the quarterback wins is a big thing. It's a big joke online and on Twitter because stats guys hate the QB wins stat. And it is kind of ridiculous because their team wins, team losses. Teams with good quarterbacks, though, tend to win more games. Uh, but when you look at this game, Josh Rosen, rookie quarterback, uh, rookie quarterbacks, the first time in NFL history, rookie quarterbacks went 4-0 and in a given week. Uh, Josh Rosen, one of those, he completed less than 50% of his passes. He was 10 for 25 for 170 yards. Uh, he, if you take out that 75-yard touchdown pass, he was 9 for 24 with 95 yards. So that's what Josh Rosen did after that big play and that first play of the game for the Cardinals to win that game, which was not much. I mean, that was about as vanilla of a game plan as you could have going in and trying to hide a rookie quarterback and, and try to win another way which they ended up doing, and they kept giving the ball back to the 49ers. The 49ers' defense was game to play that vanilla offense, and they were doing well, and they were giving the ball back to the 49ers, which is why the Niners had the ball for so much of that football game. 
and they just couldn't capitalize. And when they were marching down, uh, there was turnovers, there was interceptions, there was two fumbles, four turnovers from C.J. Beathard with the two picks and the two strip sacks, and then one fumble from Raheem Mostert in his five carries. But it's pretty amazing. Josh Rosen, 10 of 25 passing. Baker Mayfield, I think, ended up throwing for over 300 yards. But that game was 9-9 to going into overtime. So he didn't light up the scoreboard for the Browns. Uh, similarly, Sam Darnold, he made a couple of plays. He made a nice touchdown pass I saw to Robbie Anderson. Uh, but there was a lot of Isaiah Crowell going on for the Jets in that win. And then Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen had less than 100 yards passing. So uh, that Buffalo Bills team is weird, man. Just when you think they're the worst team in football, they pull out a win. But anyway, just an odd weekend of football. That's the parody of the NFL, and things go crazy. Just now, when you, if you get down to the 49ers this week, they're going to go to Lambeau Monday night and then crush the Packers, right? Because that's just, as soon as you think you know a team, it's they're going to flip that on your head, and you're going to look really stupid. That's, that's kind of what happens in the NFL week to week. It's just nuts. But uh, just some some stats here that I want to get to that really illustrate how weird that game was. The final play count, 49ers ran 92 plays to the Cardinals 49. Uh, the 49ers, time of possession, they had the ball for 40 minutes and 11 seconds of that game to only 19 minutes and 49 seconds for the Cardinals. That is an absurd amount of time to hold the ball in a football game. Usually you're the team that's winning and you just continue to run the ball and they can't stop you running and you run the clock down when you have that much time of possession. That's crazy. The 49ers had 33 first downs to the Cardinals' 10. Uh, the 49ers more than double the total yards of Arizona, 447 to 220. Uh, and here's the biggest number, the final turnover count. 49ers, five turnovers. Cardinals, zero turnovers. And the 49ers, this is from Josh Dubow of the Associated Press, the 49ers have a league-worst Negative eight turnover margin after giving it up five times today. San Francisco has a league low three takeaways on defense. Only the 1977 Niners team with two has fewer takeaways after five games in franchise history. So that's, and a lot of that is pass rush. You see those strip sacks. You see a pressured quarterback getting hit while he throws, making a bad throw, getting pressured into making a dumb throw. The 49ers don't have that on defense to be able to affect the opposing team's quarterback. And it showed all season on third downs. They're actually better today on third downs getting off the field. Um, I know Cardinals fans are really annoyed with the Cardinals coaching staff and the way they run their offense. And uh, and uh, But it, it works in this game, at least. Uh, they played just vanilla enough to win and let the 49ers lose the game because it basically came down to which team is going to lose it. 49ers with five turnovers would be the ones that would lose that game. Oh, and one more here from Eric Branch. The 49ers ran the most plays, 92, in franchise history, collected their most first downs, 33, in 20 years, had 10 third-down conversions for the fifth time since 2002, and held the ball more than 40 minutes for the fifth time this century. So that's how rare all of those feats are that I just mentioned earlier, and they still lost. And so, uh, weird game. Weird game in the NFL. Weird game for the 49ers. Turnovers being the the key to the loss there. There's a few things I want to talk about here. Let's talk about, how about a horrible, another horrible call. We see it week after week. We see it in all games around the league. A horrible roughing call on Kwan Williams, who was in midair trying to bat a pass. And it's a good play because he did affect the pass, right? But where is he supposed to, supposed to go when he's in midair? And he even tried to catch the quarterback when he hit him. It wasn't even a late hit. I mean, it's like if he was just running and he still hit him right after he threw it, it wouldn't. It wasn't even that late. So that was a terror. That was so stupid. And that rule is gonna. Everyone hates that rule. I don't know what where the league is going with this roughing the passer thing, but 
Then there were some other crazy ones around the league. There's one in the Vikings game um, on Michael Bennett. There, it's just nuts. I don't, I don't know what's going on there. You, it's, you just throw your hands up at that rule at this point because you can't even get mad at it because it's it's a joke. Uh, so obviously, aside from the turnovers, uh, the two main things really that that I think are the most frustrating things right now for the 49ers are injuries and penalties. Matt Breda left the game, and suddenly the 49ers had no answer on offense. They didn't know what to do on offense. They couldn't do anything anymore. It was crazy, and the defense kept giving them the ball back, and they were like, I don't know what, we don't want this either. We don't know what to do with it, except for turn it back over. Uh, and the penalties, the K1 Williams penalty, whatever, that's a BS call. But the false starts, nine total penalties for the 49ers. I mean, it was a textbook. The 49ers did everything you can do as a football team to lose. And here's the thing. Now, now, this is where it all comes back to, and we talked about it all week. Talked about it with Matt Barrows. Talked about it with Nick. Talked about it in the, the mailbag episodes last week. And a lot of it was on Robert Sala, a little bit on Kyle Shanahan. At some point, you have to blame the coaches when the thing that's losing you football games every week are penalties, turnovers, drops, missed tackles. Where do you go with those things other than the coaching staff and, and say, what's going on here? So to that, I think it's deserving. And that's not me saying, hey, you got to fire everybody. And at some point, you know, the players have to play and they have to be good and they have to not screw up. Right. And you have to count on them to do their job. But there's some there has to be something happening here with the coaching that is not getting through to these guys because there's every it's not just one thing. It's everything. Penalties, turnovers, drops, missed tackles. You can't have all of those things happening on a football team and not look at the coaching first and be like, okay, what's going on here? So if there's something to to really help this team get better this season with the roster as it's currently put together, would be clean those things up. Let's let's fix that. Let's go back to basics. And so I want to see the 49ers do that. Forget scheme. If you can't do those other things, it doesn't matter. I mean, we saw that on Sunday. It was the perfect example. The Cardinals were vanilla as possible. They had one pass rusher that was wreaking havoc on the 49ers, and they did not turn the ball over. They won the game. The team that had the ball 19 minutes won because they just didn't screw up as much. And that was the team with the coaching staff that everyone thinks is terrible. Okay, a couple more takeaways to get to. going to give out a couple of game balls, and then I'm going to leave you guys with the best sound from Sunday. We all love going out. We all love to go out and see our favorite band. We all love to go see the show. We all love to catch the 49ers game, right? With Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert, show, or sporting event of your choice at a great price. But I wanted to go down to Levi Stadium and say, let's go see this Lions game. Beep boop. The Vivid Seats app is a super easy way to go. I will tell you momentarily about our special deal that, of course, we like to give through our sponsors to the Locked On 49ers listeners. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. You can sort by price, look for seats in a certain section or row of your choice. To make things even easier, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code Locked On for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Every purchase is backed 100% by a buyer guarantee from the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more. Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and enter promo code Locked On for $20 off orders of $200 or more for new customers 
of Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. Richie James was active and starting at ex-wide receiver in place of Marquise Goodwin. Uh, He didn't actually see the field as much as Vic Bolden did, who ended up playing a lot in that spot. Neither one was really involved in the game plan too much. They threw the ball Richie James' way two times, the same exact play, wide receiver screen. He got 10 yards in the first one, and surprise, it was called back for a penalty. They threw the the same play to him again. Uh, He got seven yards, so he looked good on both of those. Uh, They really didn't target him at all. I I was hoping they were going to feature him a little bit more because – like I mentioned before, the 49ers need some playmakers on offense. I think Richie James might be one of their better ones at this point with all the injuries they've had. Um, and Vic Bolden was targeted four times. He caught one ball. I think that was also on a screen pass. Uh, C.J. Beathard, after that 5-for-5 five five first drive, four of those were screen passes, one to Garcon, two to Juice, and then the shovel pass touchdown to Matt Breida. Uh, He had one throw down the field on that drive to George Kittle, and that was the best drive of the game by far for the 49ers. After that drive, C.J. Pethard was 5 of 12 for 54 yards and an interception. So uh, he was missing some throws, bad pocket presence, as we talked about. A couple drops that did not help. Obviously, one, because of Pierre Garçon, clinked off his hands and was picked off. Um, You know, and, and I think a lack of people getting open quickly for him probably hurt as well. So a lot of things combined really made that passing game ugly. And it's so crazy to think that they threw the ball 54 times with how bad it seemed that they were playing on that side of the ball, throwing the ball and they just kept throwing. It was, it was a strange, such a strange game. I, I, I really want to watch it again. Even if, even because it was ugly, I want to understand what the heck was going on. It's, at some points in that game, I was thinking, what is happening right now? <laughs> um, yeah. And it's funny because I tweeted this out. Earlier in this game, I said, unfortunately, the 49ers can't just give Matt Breida 25 carries with his injury history. He has to be on a pitch count, but it would be nice if they could just hand the ball every time. And then, like that, clockwork, eight carries into his day. He had 56 yards, and he was down on the Levi's turf, had that leg injury. I thought it was related to the knee. He had already gotten hurt, but apparently he just got his ankle rolled up on, and from Matt Mayoko, his source says that Matt Breida sustained a mid to high ankle sprain. He'll undergo an MRI Monday. He may not play next week as the team wants to give it time to heal and not be something that bothers him throughout the rest of the season. So high ankle sprains, usually you're definitely out for uh, more than one week. So uh, we'll see there. So crossing your fingers for good news. It's not like an ACL or something that's going to keep him out on year all year, but um, not likely that Matt Breida plays. And so I wonder if the 49ers might bring just elevate someone from the practice squad. I wonder what they're going to do at running back um, because I don't think they want to have Raheem Mostert too involved on offense, uh, not just because he fumbled, but also because he's so valuable on special teams. They don't want him to get hurt when he's not a great running back anyway. So it'll be Alfred Morris and probably somebody that they call up from the practice squad or, Sign off the street. Who knows? Maybe they make a, I doubt they make a little trade or anything like that. The 49ers can't really give up pieces for anybody they don't think is a long-term piece for this team that they can build on. So, and I I doubt there's a running back like that available or a player like that available in many positions around the league. Um, uh, The Cassius Marsh sack celebration. So it was the only, the 49ers only sack of the day and his first sack of the year. And with how bad the pass rush has been. And then that particular play, it was the end of the half. The 49ers, it didn't get them the ball back or anything. And just seeing his like ninja kick celebration, I was just like, come on, man. <laughs> Two and a half sacks on the year now for the 49ers edge players. And um, yeah, I mean, it's not Cassius Marsh's fault 
that he's been asked to be sort of the number one edge rusher on this team. He was a nice rotational player, I guess. Uh, nothing against him, but I'm just picturing him practicing that ninja kick in front of a mirror all spring and summer long, uh, and then he'll get to use it twice this year. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I, I saw that. And I was like, dude, come on. You're losing, and the, you don't, you, the 49ers didn't get the ball back because of that sack. And the 49ers pass rush is awful. But good job. You got you got one. Uh, frustrating. Let's go to oh, Robbie Gold. Yeah, his 33 field goal streak ends. That was unfortunate. Um, but uh, Robbie Gold is the least of the 49ers' problems. I'm sure he's going to start a brand-new streak starting in Week 6. George Kittle, the 25-yard tight end screen. Love that play. Sort of lined up in the backfield like a fullback and set up a touchdown for the 49ers. Two-point conversion would not be good, though, so the 49ers were still in a hole there trying to fight back from that missed extra point. Uh, 49ers defense was fresh because they kept giving the ball back to the 49ers offense. It was it was kind of a flip script where the 49ers defense wasn't on the field the whole game like they had been in a lot of games, and they're fresh, and they're playing a little bit better because of that. Uh, but the 49ers in the end just could not really take the game back that was given to them. The, far, the Cardinals were trying to give the game to the 49ers, and the 49ers did not want it. They did not want to win that game. And um, I don't know that the Cardinals necessarily deserve to win it either, but uh, you know who the big losers were was probably the fans <laughs> that had to watch that. That uh, pretty bad game for, for a lot of it. Let's move on to the game balls here. I, I think there's some positives we can take away from this game because a couple players played good. Um, I, 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 to be honest with you, the guy who deserves the game ball, in my mind— I only give them to 49ers or honorary players who used to play for the 49ers around the league, but Chandler Jones really was the difference, I think, in that game. His pass rush, getting to C.J. Beathard multiple times, and it just shows you how important that is to have a pass rush on your team. The 49ers, above all else, have to attack that position in the offseason, in free agency and in the draft, get as many stud pass rushers as they can. you got to harass opposing quarterbacks. It makes such a huge difference. Creates turnovers, ends drives. That's what Chandler Jones did for the Cardinals. Uh, on the 49ers side, Matt Breida, he got his fantasy numbers in real quick. Uh, that was awesome because I have him in a couple of leagues. And it was like, oh, man, he got hurt so early in that game in the first half. But he got the touchdown, had a nice reception and a, a few yards. And it was like, okay, he got some points. Got double-digit points for the fantasy teams out there. So uh, that was good. And uh, the reason he gets the game ball for me is because of how valuable Matt Breida might be the MVP of the season for the 49ers because of how good he's played in such limited action. And he hasn't been able to carry the load. He's not built that way. I don't think he'll ever be able to be that guy that can carry the load because uh, of how often he continues to get hurt. And he's not very big, but man, he's a nice fit for Kyle Shanahan's offense. The offensive line as run blockers are doing a really good job and he's finding those holes and he's just gouging these big plays after big plays. He's averaging seven and a half yards per carry on the season. It's crazy and just continues to do it. Just boom, boom, big play after big play. Uh, but they just can't use him enough to really have that be the the entire focus of their offense. And we saw it again with him getting hurt. But when he left the game, you saw what they could not do anymore on offense. And so you realize how important that is. So Matt Breida, for that reason, gets a game ball because of you, you just see how impactful he is. As an undrafted, it's pretty crazy. I mean, think about that statement. Right now, the 49ers offense cannot function without a guy who was a, an undrafted free agent last year. That's, I mean, that's a crazy thing to say, but that's the way it looked on Sunday. Uh, DeForest Buckner is going to be the other guy that gets the game ball. He hit the quarterback. He's the only person to hit the quarterback multiple times. I think he had three quarterback hits, a tackle for loss, 
and he continues to be one of the best players on the defense. The defense wasn't on the field all that long, and they weren't really taking chances, so the 49ers didn't have a ton of chances to make any big plays, but they also they didn't force the Cardinals into any really bad situations, aside from just punts. But DeForest Buckner, doing DeForest Buckner things, he's, he's going to get uh, the second game ball for me in this one. Because I think the defense played all right, and they deserve somebody to have a game ball there. I was thinking about maybe George Kittle or Kyle Juszczyk getting the second game ball. But I'm going to go with Matt Breida and DeForest Buckner. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the show. My voice is about to completely go out. Hopefully it holds up and I don't get any worse this week and I'm able to uh, continue to do these podcasts. I will be back tomorrow with a mailbag episode. Hit me up on Twitter at BDPeacock. Email LockedOn49ers at Gmail. Go ahead and vent. Unload on me. What's going on in your mind? Let's uh, Whatever you guys want to talk about, that's what tomorrow's show is going to be all about. And then Wednesday, Peter Bukowski from Locked On Packers will join me for the Wednesday crossover episode. We'll start looking ahead toward Monday night. A guest to be decided for Thursday's show and then the weekly Winkler on Friday. All of that right here this week on Locked On 49ers.